What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean, and today we're going to be talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers' 28-24 to victory over the Baltimore Ravens. It's kind of the tale of two halves in this game. You know, it was, it was interesting, you know, for the first score of what it seemed like of the day, Pittsburgh was able to pick six, Lamar Jackson, and then was not able to do anything else in the first half. Big Ben was cold. They weren't getting very much separation. Deontay Johnson went out. There's a lot of things that happened in this game that really stifled the totals for the Pittsburgh Steelers and really for the Baltimore Ravens as well. And uh, what that was is that both of these teams play really good defense. These are two of the best defenses available in the NFL, and it showed today. They were both getting it after it. They were both getting after each quarterback was under duress. They were playing tight coverage down the field, especially in the first half from the Ravens. They were all over the Steelers, and they were not able to get anything done. It was not until there was a turnover by Lamar deep in their own territory. Uh, Highsmith really high pointed this ball. Tony said it was a ball that shouldn't have been thrown, but man, it was a beautiful play to make that pick. Something I I find is an extraordinary play from a linebacker of that size, but uh, I digress. But regardless, it allowed the Steelers to get a score on the board and get some momentum. And from that point forward, they were able to kind of cobble everything together and really get things moving. Let's go ahead and open up with Big Ben. And it's not really that we've been recommending Big Ben as a top-end quarterback at this point. He's kind of been on the back end of the quarterback ones. And days like today are why. I mean, certainly you see when a defense is able to kind of play things tight and he's not hitting super open receivers, that he is having some issues with that that he didn't have in the past. He's not able to drive the ball in quite the same way as he used to. However, with the amount of weapons that this team has, and if you, I'm starting to look at the schedules for these different teams. And this division gets to play the Cowboys. They get to play Washington. There's a lot of tasty matchups. They still get Jacksonville. I mean, there's a lot of tasty matchups on the schedule for this team, including in the playoffs, they're going to be playing the Bengals and they're going to be playing the Colts. Now the Colts have been a little bit friskier on defense than the Bengals have, but those are still two tasty matchups when you're talking about week 15 and 16. Although the Buffalo matchup isn't as tasty for Sunday night on week 14. So we don't like that, but really the playoff weeks are typically 15 and 16. Those are the ones I'm concerned about. And then when you throw in the fact that they've got Dallas, Jacksonville, Cincinnati twice, um, and just one Baltimore matchup. And then the Cleveland matchup they have left is when week 17. So that one doesn't really affect you. So going forward, the Steelers and even the Ravens are going to have a really nice schedule that you want to kind of target outside of when they play each other again on Thursday night in week 12. Now, Big Ben, while that might help, it's still something that they're looking to hide as far as not really blowing out the passing totals. They don't want to have to do that if they can help it more. And no team really wants to throw the ball 61 times like the Rams did today. But at the same time, more teams than not are really pushing the ball down the field more. And I think that just lends to my theory that Big Ben has lost a little bit off of his fastball to this point. Now he has enough 
of a fastball and he has so much experience to this point that I absolutely think he has what it takes to continue doing what he's doing. It's just what he's doing for a pocket passer and fantasy purposes is not something that's going to push a fantasy team a great deal. While that's the case, and while he's probably going to be the at the back end of the starting quarterbacks for the 12-team leagues, et cetera, I still think he's capable of supporting some options in the passing game. And today, when they lost Deontay Johnson, things kind of went back to the way they were, where Chase Claypool was the one moving the sticks. Uh, Juju was also moving the sticks as well, but it was it seemed to be more on Chase Claypool's shoulders to create separation with his size-speed combo, and he seemed to be out there more when Deontay Johnson went out, obviously, and had more of Ben's eye. Deontay had been open more in the last game, kind of more in the intermediate term in the short range, and Ben kind of peppered him with targets, and it kind of took away from Claypool, not only in the snaps, but in the targets as well. So with Deontay out, it kind of ups the tide for the other two top-ride receivers. And while the targets don't automatically all go to Chase and and Juju, you know, Ebron gets in the mix. Ebron looks spry, by the way, and may have played his way into the back end of the tight end talk just with Deontay being out. Those targets getting spread out to these other options lead to a lot better fantasy days. And was, what I was talking about last week was we need to consolidate some of the one of these wide receivers values into the others for them to become relevant because they're just kind of on that line with them not pushing the ball a lot in the passing game. So with Deontay out, it kind of pushes Chase and Juju into a more startable category where you can kind of predict, hey, they're going to have to lean on these guys more than they would have in the first place. Now, like I said, they're going to try and lean on the run as much as they can to kind of keep Big Ben out of the fray to try and keep him healthy because they know they're a playoff team and they know they don't have to push him in that way, especially when they're going to have these better matchups. It's just today the issue was, yeah, they had to throw the ball and whatnot, but they were facing the Baltimore Ravens who have a good defense. And really they were probably lucky that Judon went out in the first place. He got tossed when he accidentally hit a ref in in a little skirmish action with Marlon Humphrey. They were kind of lucky for that to happen to kind of slow down the pass rush, but they were still getting the bin and they were still active. They had plenty of good people rushing the passer in, in Baltimore. So that's what that's part of what makes them a good defense as well as the tight coverage as well and ha- as well as having Marlon Humphrey who can man up anybody at this point. So I'm encouraged by what I saw from the defense, but it is encouraging also from P- the Pittsburgh standpoint that they were able to win this game despite starting slow after the pick six. I guess that's the fastest start followed by a half of ineptitude. And then they kind of put it together, but still I like Juju. I like Chase Claypool. It's just, maybe I'm not targeting him as a top 20 wide receiver necessarily, but a a bossy wide receiver, three, a fill in wide receiver, two, a, a, a nice flex. That's kind of where I'm feeling them right now, especially with the talent of Chase Claypool. I really like what I'm seeing there. If this was, Vintage Big Ben, if we're talking prime Big Ben, I think we're talking bigger seasons. I just think it takes him a little time to warm up. And, I, you know, they're trying not to blow him out. And that's smart. They want to make it to – they know that he can make it to the playoffs and at this point. And so that's probably not something that's going to change as far as Ben throwing 50 passes in a game because that's what the game plan calls for. You know, it was a weird day for the Pittsburgh rushing attack, just the way that the game played out. In time when they would have been running the ball more, you know, they got behind, they were having ineptitude on the pa- in the passing game, and Baltimore was doing a good job of getting them off their mark. So that's when James probably would have racked up the carries in a normal game. But with the Baltimore defense playing tight coverage and playing the run hard, 
it was tough for Pittsburgh to really string drives together in the first half. And then in the second half, when they did get it going, it was a little bit more based on the passing attack than it was the rushing attack, which led to lower totals for James Conner. And when he wasn't able to convert his catches into much, you know, it just led to a lower overall day. Luckily, he was able to save the day with a nice short touchdown. And luckily, he got those carries today. So Benny Snell didn't come in there and snipe those carries. Mainly, I think the Benny Snell snipes are based on, you know, James leading them down the field with the run and then being tired by the time that they get there. So without that being the case, they trusted James and he got in there and he scored an easy touchdown there to save his day, kind of make him fantasy relevant. And honestly, I like James a lot going forward just because of the schedule like I talked about. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have an easier time with a lot of these games. And I think that there's going to lead to more rushing. And I think that's something they want to do. And Pittsburgh has showed a propensity in the past to use a lead back. So have a guy that they lean on. And it seems to be James. He seems to be healthy. They need to keep him healthy. So they're probably going to mix more people in on a given day when there's more carries. But the way it played out, he did dominate the touches. And uh, it was Anthony McFarlane who was the first person up instead of Benny Snell. But Still, there wasn't much of a role there, so I don't think it's necessarily one of those backup situations that's going to have a lot of fantasy value until something happens. And James looks healthy out there. He's finishing runs hard, so I don't see that being a problem, although that's obviously got to be baked into James Conner that he has had that injury history. You just want to be a little bit more wary and bake that into your pricing when you're thinking about what you would pay for him. But I can tell you, It's going to be bigger days than this. They play Baltimore one more time, but still, they've got the Cowboys. They've got Jacksonville still left. They've got Cincinnati in one of the playoff weeks. Indianapolis is a tougher against the run, so maybe that's not his choice of matchup, but who knows if Darius Leonard will be there. Who knows what kind of shape the Colts will be in there. They're kind of top-heavy as far as their defense goes, so that could fall apart pretty easily. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm into my Steelers. It's just you got to realize what they are and how into them they are, and they're kind of on the back end with the offense not being quite as dynamic up until this point. But maybe that presents an opportunity to buy low when there's so many choice matchups coming up in the future. Well, let's switch side to the, to the tough luck Baltimore Ravens today. I know Ravens fans kind of have to be questioning everything, losing to their hated Pittsburgh Steelers rivals. But I can tell you unequivocally that Baltimore played hard today. You know, they just had some things go wrong. Certainly losing Ronnie Stanley for the year. They came out and said his ankle injury was bad enough. He's going to be out for the year. So that's that's a tough loss for them. He's really been playing well. And, of course, they just signed him to that huge extension too. Now, they haven't come out and said exactly what it is yet, but So we'll have to see kind of what the timetable is and, you know, but typically with these type of injuries, they're able to come back for the next season. So we'll look forward and we'll hope have our thoughts with Ronnie Stanley because he has been a great player for the Baltimore Ravens. And that certainly you don't sign somebody to a huge extension if you don't think he's a stand-up guy. So we'll, we'll hope for a speedy recovery for him. And because I like to see good football. You know, I hate to see injuries, especially to offensive linemen. You know, I, have, I used to play offensive line, and I know how tough that actual position is. And they don't get enough credit for when things are going well. And with him out, it didn't seem like they had an absolute stiff as a backup, but he's not going to be Ronnie Stanley either. So there's going to be a little bit more pressure on Lamar. It's going to put a little bit more pressure on the running game. So it's not a good thing, obviously. And then losing Judon on the defense uh, – 
for the ha- second half of this game wasn't good either. So it was certainly some things that went the went the wrong way. Lamar was kind of sloppy in this game, and I guess we should go ahead and break into Lamar. He was pretty sloppy in this game, although I do love the way that he's flashing big time passing ability too. Like on the touchdown that they called back, there was just it was a beautiful throw. I mean, he just he's making all these plays, and when you have to respect his speed and legs to the point that you do. I mean, it's it's a tough proposition for the defense. The biggest issue I see is sometimes in the NFL when a team isn't as strong in one aspect of their offense as the other, and the other team is able to dictate to that offense that you must do that other thing, sometimes the Baltimore Ravens can can get caught up in that. So if someone says to the Baltimore Ravens, hey – you're not going to be able to run the ball. You're going to have to pass and beat us through the air. That's an issue. And when the, and Pittsburgh has a defense where they can kind of dictate that to some degree. And while Lamar was able to take advantage, he also was through the picks. He also had the fumbles. I mean, it, he also had the picks. He also had the fumbles. It was just a sloppy overall performance. Felt like the field was a little sloppy as well. So I don't put that all on him necessarily. And then you've got the Pittsburgh Steelers coming at you. That's also a big deal. I really respect this defense. I respect both of these defenses. I don't want my players playing these defenses. So in the same way that I mentioned that, you know, the Pittsburgh's going to get Indianapolis and the Bengals. You want to be aware of that, that the Indianapolis Colts and the Bengals play the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. So that might be bad for your matchups in those ways. You know, Joe Burrow is probably going to be under duress, that kind of thing. Now, on the other side of that for the Ravens, you know, outside of their matchup in week 12 with Pittsburgh, they've got a really sweet schedule. So Indianapolis, New England, Tennessee, all somewhat respected defenses, but none of them are going to kill anybody. Pittsburgh, killer. Then, then that's if you can make it that far and you can make the playoffs, Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Giants. The Jacksonville Giants is the big part of that. Um, that's 15 and 16. Those are the money weeks. Obviously, Cleveland has had a little bit better defense. It's too bad it's not Dallas. Jacksonville, New York Jets, that would, or New York Giants, that would be the penultimate schedule. And, of course, they don't get the Cincinnati game on week 17, so that's a bummer. But still, there's nothing that I'm really scared of outside of that Pittsburgh defense in week 12. I think Tennessee can be taken advantage of. I think New England can be taken advantage of. And, I, and Indianapolis, too. I'm not scared of anything. And then, obviously, Dallas is a Wreckham game. Jacksonville and New York Giants. Those are three plus matchups where the only problem is do they get up so much that they bring in the subs? That's the only problem you have with any three of those matchups. And when I can create that, when I can have Jacksonville and the New York Giants in my matchups, I'm trying to get Baltimore Ravens in my, in my lineups. I'm trying to trade for them. But the problem is the passing game options have been a little up and down because the passing game has been up and down. I mean, Lamar has been there and has been showing flashes, but people have been playing, especially today, we're playing tight coverage. And it's just affected him overall. People have had another year to look at that triple option stuff that they've been running, and they're having a little easier time with it now. I do like I do like Lamar, and like I said, I love this schedule. I just did, never liked the second-round price because quarterbacks have to outplay other quarterbacks by so much in this league to be worth that. 
So I don't think Lamar has been not worth it up until this point, obviously. But with that schedule I just laid out to you, maybe it's time to go ahead and try and get in there because they're not going to have any problems with the Giants and they're not going to have any problems with Jacksonville. So hopefully your Lamar Jackson owner in your league has struggled and you can try and I would try and make buy low offers for Lamar based on this. Because I can tell you, even with losing Ronnie Stanley, he is this offense. He is this offense in the way that you want your quarterbacks to have that type of value where all the money plays are on them. They're having to put the ball on their shoulders and move with it. And while Lamar is going to struggle in matchups where he has, and while he's going to struggle in matchups like this today, I still think it's a worthwhile venture, especially when you can get that Cowboys Jacksonville Giants situation in the last three of the last four weeks. That's something I'm targeting. Probably going to go look at the Cowboys schedule and see who plays them each week and then see, try to match up my defenses with that because man, they looked horrible and I just can't. And you just got to think about these type of things now that we have a better feel for who these teams are. And Dallas Jacksonville Giants is something I'm targeting. Now, how do you target that with the Ravens other than Lamar Jackson? Because clearly Lamar Jackson is a target. I think I'm trying to get stock in the Baltimore Ravens rushing attack, but I just don't know how it's going to play out yet. So you can't really trade for them as a starter exactly. Maybe you can trade for J.K. Dobbins as a starter, but the thing is you just don't know how it's going to play out. And Mark Ingram's injury didn't seem to be all that serious, so I got to think he's on on track to play maybe this week, maybe next week, whatever it is. Having him back in the mix, kind of taking the lead role, is going to put J.K. Dobbins back in the doghouse a bit. Now, it's not a doghouse in the tradition that, you know, he's not going to get carries. He's still absolutely going to be involved because he is dynamic and explosive. It's just they have too many other dynamic, explosive options to really consolidate all the carries. And they're not going to be able to run the ball 47 times on every given day. It's just the way the game kind of broke down. They were able to do that. Now, that certainly leads Gus and J.K. Dobbins with Mark, without Mark Ingram in the running back three type category, in the category where maybe you have two flexes, you're, you're probably starting one of these guys in your league just because they are going to have that value without Mark in, in there. And they split touches completely evenly. J.K. got the one catch. Gus got targeted but did not make a catch. And, but – I can tell you this, the problem is J.K. and Gus are splitting it in a classic way. Gus is getting the goal line work. Gus is getting the in-between-the-tackles work. They're, they're using him. They start him. So you definitely have to look out for Gus when you're talking about J.K. Dobbins. But I think on a given day that they're both going to be able to provide value. So we've got to look and see how long Mark Ingram is out. And at this point, the Colts are still playing decent run defense at, at this time. So next week when they play the Colts, that may be an issue. But at the same time, I do like both of them. It's just I thought that J.K. would probably flush out a little bit more value with Mark Ingram out. And there's just way more Gus than you would have thought that would have pushed J.K. into that top end running back two, running back one conversation. Because if somebody could just get all the touches, somebody could have that classic NFL 90s running back role for the Baltimore Ravens, that would be the one number one running back. The problem is there's three running backs and they're eating up all the value for the rest of them. So when Mark Ingram comes back, that's going to make it really hard to predict who they're going to use, who's going to get the touchdowns, et cetera. We'll just need to watch the news and see what they say about that. Until then, we're starting J.K. Dobbins, hopefully as a flex. 
and probably Gus too in a more desperate flex situation. I like JK more just because I think he's going to get more of the touches. And I think he's the more explosive of the two, but I got to say, Gus is absolutely a terror at, at the goal line and he's, he's big and he's strong and he's not slow. He's a fast moving guy for a guy that size. So he's absolutely a problem. Then you throw in Lamar rushing the ball on top of all that. And it's just not a situation where the, anyone's going to be able to consolidate all that value until at least two people go down. And I don't root for injury, but it is what it is as far as the fantasy value goes. Finally today, let's talk about the Baltimore receivers. Lamar only threw 28 passes, only completed 13 of them for 208 yards. So there wasn't a ton of receiving yards on the board for anyone. Then you throw in the fact that nobody caught over five passes and and the one that did was Willie Sneed, which has been a very up and down option so far. Just not a lot to like as far as the way the passing game has looked up until this point. I mean, I like the way Lamar's throwing the ball at times, but it has seemed disjointed. It has seemed like it's not very fluid as far as their passing game goes. And Mark Andrews has been one of my biggest disappointments in the last couple of weeks. You know, he got got more targets than his three catches, but he just was seemed to be off target with Lamar. And then he hasn't been getting the same type of red zone looks that he was in the past, which leaves me somewhat pessimistic on the situation. The only issue is that there aren't a whole ton of good tight end situations that you're going to find out there. So I think you're going to have to stick with it and hope that the offense gets right. Like I said, there's a lot easier defensive matchups coming up. So we'll hope for Mark Andrews to get right and the rest of the passing game. I still don't think you're counting on a lot, even with Hollywood. Hollywood Brown was able to save his day with a touchdown after getting his touchdown that I thought was a touchdown called back. Still left him with one catch for three yards, though, and and that doesn't make a fantasy day successful even when you score a touchdown, especially when you're a receiver. But still, at least there was the touchdown that kind of saved it for anybody that's starting him. And that's the issue is I just don't think that there's anybody worth starting outside of Andrews in this passing game at this point. Maybe you're trying to count on Hollywood, but he looks like he has the possession skills, but I just don't think I realized how small he truly is until I saw him standing up against Ronnie Stanley and some of the linemen. And I just think he's too smallish at this point to be able to have that possession role. And maybe for another team that's not the Ravens where they're not, you know, some when sometimes they're only completing 13 passes. So we'll just need to see more from our Ravens pass catchers before we're really getting excited. And, uh, Maybe you're buying low on Mark Andrews after a lackluster couple of weeks. I do think he still has opportunity, and I still think he still has the athletic profile to get this done. It's just a little bit more up-and-down situation than some. As the tight ends go, you know, they need to fall into the end zone. And, of course, Miles Boykins and Marquise Brown got the touchdowns today. So we'll try to see more. We'll try to be optimistic. But still, I need, to see, I need more targets and I need more catches from Andrews. Anyway, that's what I've got for today. That's my first game for this week. I'm looking forward to getting to the rest of them. I wanted to see kind of what Lamar looked like and what Big Ben looked like so I can get a good feel for what to do with these options. And I feel like I laid it out for you. Like, listen, subscribe, look for the videos, share those when you see them, and uh, have a great rest of your day.